welcome to Romancing the Amazon. I'm Melody. I'm Zoe. And I'm Elizabeth. Each week we pick a romance novel that is offered for free on Amazon. We read it and we review it for you guys. This week we read Valentine Challenge Series Number 1 by Kiru Tay. There will be spoilers in this episode, so if you're interested in reading the book, do that and then come back and listen. Elizabeth, give us the Cliff Notes version. So in this book, we have Casey and Michael. Michael's out having a good time with his friends when they see Casey walk in. And she reminds him so much of his ex that his friends are like, dude, you haven't gotten over her. You need to do something to kind of let it go, move on. And so they decide to challenge him to a bet. And they make a bet and he has to seduce her. But it's too easy to do it as himself because he's a rich, well-connected businessman who's part of her world. And she's the type of girl that they think won't go for someone who's poor. And so he arranges to be her new chauffeur who's carrying her around for the week. And so he has to maintain that persona and seduce her in order to win this bet. Meanwhile, Casey has just broken up with her long-term boyfriend who broke up with her via text because he wanted to take a break. (laughs) And so she broke up with him completely. So she is kind of anti-man at the moment because she just got out of a relationship. She doesn't want anything to do with men. And so that's the setup. And of course, they meet and get to know each other and fall in love over the course of the novel. (laughs) And of course, they fall in love. Let's dive into judging by the cover. What did y'all expect versus what we got? Uh, I don't know if I knew what to expect, except a fairly standard Valentine's romance. Mm-hmm. And I think, actually, that's pretty much what I got. Yeah. Except that it was in Nigeria. Yes. Which I did not expect, and that was cool. Yes. There was no mention of the setting in the description, which I thought was interesting because it's very rare in contemporary romance to find anything set outside of the U.S. Yep. And yeah. if it's not set in the U.S., it's in Europe. So I thought it was cool that this one was in Nigeria and kind of interesting that they chose not to mention that in the blurb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also wasn't expecting the challenge to be a seduction bet. Oh, yeah. Like, that's true. That's a trope I've seen before, but the way they phrased it in the in the description, it didn't strike me as a bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that came as a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. But other than that, I feel like what they portrayed is what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a little bit, what was a little bit unexpected to me was that Michael was like super duper bitter yeah. about his breakup. It wasn't just a breakup. She really messed him up mm-hmm. and he was still really mad about it. I kind of thought that she was just like lovesick, I don't know, and needed to move on. But no, he was like destroyed and mad about it. So that was a little unexpected. Let's meet the cast. Casey Bosa is our heroine. She's an accountant from a wealthy and powerful family. She's got a real tough exterior persona, Mm -hmm. but uh, inside she's actually really sympathetic and vulnerable. Vulnerable, yeah. 
She is from Lagos, a city in Nigeria, and the whole, or most of the book, is set in Enugu. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> a different city in Nigeria. Yep. How about Michael Ede? That's how I'm going to say it. It's spelled E-D-E. Mm-hmm. Ede is how I said it in my head. Me too. Okay. He's a millionaire, entrepreneur, alpha male, Ex- masquerading as a chauffeur. Ex-army tough guy is what I said. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the ex-army tough guy comes up a lot, even yeah. though there's no suspense aspect. Mm-hmm. And he has issues with wealthy women, Yes, as may have been mentioned mm-hmm. already. But deep down, he's actually a lot gentler and sweeter than I expected. Yes, but those issues, they're really strong, and they can really put you off at first. Mm-hmm. You have to get way past those to find the gentleness. Yep. And he has gray eyes. What I thought was interesting was that the author does not start you out in a good place with either of the characters in the sense Mm -hmm. that you kind of see the worst of them both up front. Mm -hmm. And then she immediately gives us an opportunity to side with each of them against the other in a way. Because when we first meet Michael, there's this whole bet thing. And that automatically makes the reader side against you, right? Like it's like, What kind of jerk would make a bet to seduce this woman just to win the bet? You know, that's a horrible thing to do. You're like, you suck. But then you meet Casey and her attitude toward Michael, who's a chauffeur, is very off-putting. She's very judgy. And of course, you do have to, you know, understand that she just broke up that day. So she's having a terrible day. But some of her thoughts, you know, when she's like, men like Michael... And you're sitting there going, the only thing you know about this man is that he's a chauffeur. So you're judging him entirely on that. Mm -hmm. And so you're really annoyed at Casey for that. She's like, you don't know anything about Michael. And so you've kind of been put off by both of them at the very beginning. And yet the author manages to make you turn around and like both characters eventually. Yeah. Yeah. We also had Peter and Paul, who are Michael's friends and business partners. And they are the ones who actually make the bet mm-hmm. and create the challenge. And their stories are actually told in books two and three of the challenge series. Ah, uh, because you don't see them again in this book nope. after the bet has been made. No, right. they didn't play a large role. Except for setting up the whole plot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, except for setting up the impetus for everything that happens. Yeah. Yep. We also had Franca, mm-hmm. who is Casey's friend and kind of encourages her to date Michael, ultimately. Yep. Um, that's about it. Yep. For her. Same thing. Uh, we have Chemophore, uh, but she is Casey's sister and super hoity-toity. Yeah. Uh-huh. As is the rest of Casey's family, apparently. Mm-hmm. The rest of Casey's family doesn't show up on screen. We only meet the one sister. But the influence that family has had on Casey and her life and how she views herself is very strong throughout the novel. You can yeah. see that her family's kind of done a number on her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I guess Chemifor is just, she's the representative of the family for this book. Yeah. So you get to see a little bit of the family relationship in action through her. But that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there aren't really very many characters. No. It's very focused in on Casey and Michael. Yep. With occasional appearances by other people to give you just enough variation. It was also a pretty short book, so yeah, not a lot short. of room for a lot of other characters. I was okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Especially after our last read <laughs> yes. that had about 27 <laughs> characters. Yeah, it's interesting how 
the previous book often affects what you notice about the next book. Because I really noticed how I felt much more engaged with the characters' emotions this time. Last time we complained that they were just reacting to things. We didn't really get a strong feel for where the characters were at emotionally and in their connections with each other. And I felt like that was something that this book was really strong on. Let's talk about sex. We had two scenes in this book. Was was it only two? Yep, only two, but there was a lot of chemistry. Yes, there was right away. Yes. And lasting through the whole book. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The first scene, he ends up just fingering her, I guess, Mm -hmm. in the back of a car. I looked up the car because they they told us exactly what type of car it is, Uh a Volkswagen Touareg. And I was like, okay, is that supposed to mean something to me? Looked it up. SUV, and then later I looked up the back seat because they kept mentioning the back seats, and they had this <laughs> episode on the back seat, and it was like, do back seats of SUVs work like that? <laughs> and in this case, yes, which might be why <laughs> they were so specific about the type of SUV it was. Well, there you go. Um, this first scene happens pretty early on, and it happens really abruptly, and I did not like the way that it came about. Yes, I agree. I also did not like the lead up to that scene. Yeah. So basically, she's being a brat, Uh being real rude to her friend and then to Michael. And he finally gets fed up with her and like physically picks her up out of the car and and drags her away. And I couldn't tell if he was planning to hurt her or not. And she seemed unsure. I mean, we did get his thoughts. Mm -hmm. So... It very quickly turned into, I would never hurt a woman, but mm-hmm. but there was that doubt at first, and it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and mm-hmm. uh, seeing as he is masquerading as a chauffeur, the way that he spoke to her to really initiate this incident mm-hmm. was a fireable offense. Yeah. yeah. No matter how she was behaving towards him. Right. If he were actually a chauffeur, he would have been fired for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so it was all just little ooh yeah a little dangerous in multiple respects yeah and once they start kissing it takes a bit for her to also get into it yeah. and you're like the moment she didn't kiss you back you should have stopped although frankly he shouldn't have kissed her in the first place because of yep. just the way that scene had played out that didn't i was not comfortable with that yeah. it is to some extent We've talked about it before. In a romance novel, you know the thoughts of Mm -hmm. the characters. So we already knew that Mm -hmm. each was attracted. Yeah, we already knew that Casey was attracted to him and kind of wanted him to kiss her. But if we hadn't heard her thoughts, then we wouldn't know that. This would have been um, call the police, bring charges against this man. (laughs) He is assaulting you. Yeah, so that's the fine line in romance novels and. Mm-hmm. real life. Yeah, in real life, I don't think she would have just been like, ah, what are you doing? Which was kind of her physical reaction. Yeah. Even if she had a slightly more yeah. extreme reaction in her head, she didn't let any of it come out. Then again, that seems to be her response anytime anything happens. She is not fight or flight. She is freeze. Mm. Which wasn't listed as an option, but it's what she does. Until like the one of the last scenes. Yep. She does... After she starts kissing him back in this first scene, he stops and she actually asks him not to stop. Yeah. So 
we got, I guess, a little bit of redemption there. Yeah, it was still iffy for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. But later, the later sex scenes were much more consensual. <laughs> yes. Well, and after she's gone back to her hotel room after this first sex scene, he feels bad about it. And she's left her phone in the car. And so she take, he takes her phone up to her room to give it back to her and to apologize. And he has a very... It's a very sincere apology, and he feels real guilt about how everything went down in that scene, yep. which helps the reader feel a bit better about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And from that point on is when I was on board with Michael. I wasn't, I didn't fully like him yet yep. up until mm-hmm. we see him in the hotel room apologizing to her. And then you see yeah. a lot more of kind of the sweeter side of his personality come out a little bit. Yeah, it's really nice because he is kind of alpha. Mm-hmm controlling i'm the man i'll do what i want but then he thinks it through Mm -hmm. he's just gone through this stressful situation and he stops and he thinks about it and and he doesn't just fume about how rude she was to him he actually thinks well maybe i got it wrong yeah and i should go apologize yep and Mm -hmm. it's like hey (laughs) we have a good human (laughs) on our hands this is great yes yep well it wasn't just it was very focused on her and how she's feeling and how making her feel like that was wrong. But he also has a moment of, wow, when did I become this person uh-huh. who reacts to people this way? And like, when did I let this ex get to me so badly that it's changed who I am and how I treat people? Yeah. And it's kind of like a come to Jesus moment. And he starts behaving better after that. Yep. yep. So I he thought that was handled well. Of course. Yeah, I, I agree. He still has moments. Absolutely. But don't we all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And prior to that, and his friends insisting on the bet, he was very much in denial that he still had issues because of his ex, when clearly he does. Yep. yep. Uh, the second scene, the second sex scene, w- started with oral sex and then went to penetrative. But the oral did sex, it, it did. Uh, it was very PG, oh, and yeah. it was all euphemisms. Yeah. And you could kind of just gloss right over it and not realize what happened, mm-hmm. which isn't bad. In fact, I found it kind of comforting mm. sex scene or part of the sex scene. It was really easy to read. You did have to know what they were talking about to catch that it was oral sex. Yeah. But it didn't seem out of place or change the dynamic at all. It was a really classy PG way to write an oral sex scene. I guess it was a little bit eye roll worthy, though. Yeah. Some of the euphemisms that she used. Well, eh, yes. Okay. But also, there was a moment. They were consistent. There was a moment where he's fingering her, and there's some line like her arousal scorched his fingers or something. <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> no, that's not how this works. <laughs> Human body doesn't get that hot. <laughs> <laughs> None of the sex was overly graphic at mm-hmm. all, but it was still satisfying, I guess, yes. to read. Mm-hmm. And they were they were shorter scenes. They weren't like long, drawn out sex scenes, mm-hmm. but they felt well placed in the novel. And there was always an emotional component to them. So yes. you felt like this was, you know, strengthening the character relationship between them and kind of moving them forward. They weren't just thrown in for the sake of having a sex scene. Exactly. It, yeah. it all showed character development. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Both of the sex scenes were from his perspective. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Which was a little unusual to me. Mm-hmm. Not bad, just unusual. Uh, how would you guys rate this on our steaminess scale? 
I think fogs the mirror. Yeah, probably fogs the mirror. Yeah. I I said maybe maybe warm shower. Yeah. Cuz it's warm just shower. kind of somewhere in between those two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else about the sex? Uh they did specifically bring up the condom and putting it on and it was in the correct place in the sequence of events. It's true. Why do we talk about condoms every time? Because safe sex is important. <laughs> because we've had a couple books where it was weird. Okay. Yeah. All right. And safe sex is important. And safe sex. But we had like two in a row with weird placement. That's yeah. true. Thanks for clearing that up for me. <laughs> I almost wrote it down and then I was like, is this a thing? Is this what we're doing? Is, are we talking about Condom condoms check. now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's time for Happily Ever After. I thought the ending was kind of abrupt, but then it was very short, and almost everything was abrupt when you think about it, because they knew each other for like three days. Yeah. For most of the book. <laughs> so yeah. I would agree it's a little abrupt, because there was not much time between the reveal of the bet and the fact that he's not who he said he was, and she gets angry and leaves, and he comes back to apologize and she accepts the apology, and they get together, and it's the end. And that felt very abrupt. So, like, I felt like there needed to be a little more space between finding out the truth and the apology, or maybe between the apology and them getting back together. Yeah. Well, Something I about did... that sequence felt rushed. I agree. The apology that he gave, well, he rather gave more of an explanation. He did. A little more background about why he did what he did and acted the way he had acted through the course of their relationship. And it was nice that he said it, but she had an instant joyous reaction. And I didn't think that the explanation he gave merited her reaction. Oh, I didn't think her reaction was to the explanation. I thought it was to his proposal and him saying, actually, I love you and I can't live without you. Well, sure. But that came right on the tail end of mm -hmm. it. I just it didn't feel like there was enough substance there yeah. for her to be ready to immediately accept his proclamation of love and his proposal. Yeah, well, I did make a note that her joyous reaction mm -hmm. was a, a really quick turnaround. Yes. From the doubt that she'd expressed yeah. two paragraphs before. Yeah. Even if they didn't, the author didn't want to show it on screen, like a simple montage of give me another chance and they date for a little while longer and then they get engaged mm -hmm. would have felt more real to me than her immediately being like, yes, I love you. Let's do this right after the apology. That didn't feel... Well, and she had mentioned as well that he hadn't even tried to call her in the yeah. month that they were separated. And that didn't seem right to me. Mm -hmm. it, well, and he didn't... He presented her with essentially mm -hmm. the title to his beloved Cessna airplane. Which was the subject of the bet. This is what he was going to lose if he didn't seduce her. Right. Yeah. So he gave it to her and said, it's yours. You're worth more to me than this plane ever could be. And so that was nice. But still, he didn't do anything else. He he didn't even say, can you forgive me again? I mean, he hadn't called her in the month. Mm -hmm. He hadn't done anything, made any other moves or gestures to try to win her back in the meantime. Just a little weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can understand if he wanted to give her some space. Yeah. Space is good. But like saying, oh, I was giving you space or having him call and have her ask for space rather than just silence for a month yeah. would have felt more natural. 
Yep. And also, he apparently flew to London to buy this engagement ring with a pink diamond that I wish I could have seen a picture of, because I don't know that any engagement ring is worth flying somewhere else to buy it. If you're a multimillionaire, it's totally worth flying somewhere else to buy it. But Because like, you can. Absolutely. I but I mean, whatever. I just, I was like, what? Why'd you go to London? Why'd you have to bring it up? Why wouldn't you go to London? Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Multimillionaires live in a different world from us, Zoe. Yes. <laughs> well, of course we would fly to, to London me. to buy the engagement ring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, despite all of that, I did believe that they would put in the work for their relationship. Agreed. They were both in a much better mental space uh, at the end of the novel and mm -hmm. had kind of mentally made the commitment to each other already. So yeah, yeah I felt I felt like they were good to go. <laughs> yeah, because I felt like they both had their own individual growth. You know, Casey yeah. kind of yep. works through some of her issues with her family and her view of herself. And Michael works through his issues with his ex and how he views women. And then together, you know, they have this arc as a couple, which I thought worked out pretty well. And Casey also worked through before she knew that Michael was lying about being a chauffeur and is actually a millionaire. The fact that he's poorer than she is and not someone her family would approve of has been a consistent block for her throughout the novel. Mm -hmm. And before the truth was revealed, she had come to a point where she was like, I don't care how much money he has. I don't care how my family feels. I love him and I'm willing to put in the work to make this work you know yep. he's yep. the one and the rest of it doesn't matter and so because she had come to that conclusion before finding out he's actually a millionaire and her family's gonna be totally okay with it and he's got more money than she does yeah i felt that you know it made for a stronger relationship yeah i agree 100 percent. the only other note i have for happily ever after is that this book did not actively set up any future books yeah. I mean, it says it's the first in a series, and that's fine. And I guess you do meet the heroes of the next books, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it doesn't throw you into their stories yet. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> it can be standalone. Yep. Which is great. And honestly, I'm a sucker for the whole, oh, you meet the next hero in the current book, but it needs to be a little more subtle than some of the ones we've read recently. Yep. Yes. So yeah, it was nice to have one that wasn't just blatantly setting up book two. Yep. Yay, hooray! But I think that leads us straight into author's notes. Indeed it does. <laughs> author's notes. I really enjoyed her characters. Yeah. I think they were the strongest part yes. of the mm -hmm. book. Yeah. The language was a little flowery. Yeah. A little, we had too many words uh -huh. in certain points. A little heavy on the metaphors. Yeah. Uh, but she, still pretty readable. Definitely still readable and still engaging, which is It was a very nice. engaging style, mm -hmm. even yeah. though it was a little wordier than some might be. Yeah, I did have a little bit of confusion. Sometimes she used pronouns in a sentence instead of the name. So sometimes you'll say, Michael was thinking such and such, but then he realized... Mm -hmm. XYZ. Nice sentence, huh? <laughs> um, but she would say, he was thinking such and such, but then he realized XYZ. Mm. And it just made for a kind of one note sentence mm. instead of just changing it up a little bit. But that's kind of nitpicky. Yeah, that's most of the things were nitpicky, except that 
This one also had commas in weird places. Yes, they were very, I put, wildly inconsistent comma usage. Yes. There were some various editing issues, but not Mm -hmm. as bad as some. Nope. And after our last book, it was just delightful. Yeah. It was a breeze to read. I mean, even when there were missing or misspelled words, you knew exactly what word was supposed to be there. Yep. It wasn't something totally bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't throw you off for long mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. The grammar mistakes never knocked me out of the story with this one. Yeah. Yeah. And I would definitely read more by this author, I think. I agree. Me too. The next book in the challenge series is called An Engagement Challenge, and it is Paul's story. I did think it was funny that their names are Paul, Peter, and Michael. Yes, Peter, Paul, and Michael. Peter, Paul, and Michael, yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because they were sitting there talking, and you're getting their names one by one. And I'm like, wait a minute, are these all disciples? (laughs) I mean, Michael's an angel. Yeah, true. (laughs) But definitely all biblical names. (laughs) So yeah, I think that's, that's it. Overall, would recommend reading this book and reading more by this author. Okay, it's time for the next chapter. Elizabeth, what will we be reading next week? So next week, we'll be reading Huddle With Me Tonight, New York Sabres Book One by Farah Roshan. Entertainment columnist Paige Turner is known for getting under the skin of the people whose books she reviews on her popular blog. When her criticism of NFL standout Torian Smallwood's cookbook slash memoir goes viral, it sparks an online war between the city's most beloved blogger and one of football's hottest stars. (laughs) Torian couldn't care less what some book blogger thinks about his upcoming memoir. (laughs) His main focus is on making a success of the new restaurant he's opening for his sister. That is, until he meets the gorgeous Paige Turner face-to-face. When a local TV station invites them to bring their online battle into the kitchen in a reality TV cook-off, Torian <laughs> comes up with a new goal, making Paige his. Will either of them be able to stand the heat, or will they succumb to the white-hot attraction that neither can deny? That sounds amazing! It does, uh, except <laughs> I, was, I was really thrown by the footballer. Doing, having anything to do with cooking until we got farther into the blurb. Yes, and he's also opening a restaurant. Yep. <laughs> cool, that one sounds good. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and TuneIn. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends. Don't forget to pick up a copy of our next book and read along. Catch you next time.